This week's episode of Movie Jungle is brought to you by the Bic Matic Grip Mechanical Pencil. All right, that was that was the ad. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, back in the jungle. Welcome everybody back to for another episode of the Movie Jungle. With me this week is Mike T again. Uh, how's it going, man? Going well. Good. Uh, we're getting into uh, the swing of things on this. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been really fun establishing a regular cadence. Yep. Oh, I'm doing good. I'm I'm on a roll with my talking today. Um. <laughs> it's good to know that we have thousands upon thousands of the, of uh, listeners. So I think things yeah. are picking up. Things are picking up. Um, yeah. Yeah, and Will Smith, I know you're listening. You asked me about this earlier off camera. Uh, there's no camera here. Um, but I did um, I did almost die. You, he thought I was going to almost die in our latest D&D um, fight, and, and I did, our latest D&D session. And I almost died, but I didn't. So <laughs> just Will Smith, you were wondering about that. There you go. It was so. very close. I have heard that apparently there is a uh, there is like a, a semi secret underground like Dungeons and Dragons circle among like Hollywood elite. I've heard that too. There's like a couple DMs like Hollywood DMs that run some elite tables, which I think is pretty fun. That's super awesome. It would be. I mean, what would you give to be a part of that? That would be so cool. Yeah, just so you even see it. Like, I just want to know who's like, some people are pretty open about their D and D roots. Like, yeah. uh, everybody knows that Vin Diesel was in a D and D when he was a theater kid in New York. Yep. Uh, John Favreau was a D and D geek. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought I heard Henry Cavill's name come up too in D and D circles. I'm not sure if he's a huge D and D nerd. I know he's a big Warhammer nerd. Oh, wow. um, he posted yes. pictures on social media this year of him painting Warhammer minis. That's so cool. And he's a big gaming <laughs> nerd too. So I yeah. think he just, he actually just uploaded a video of him putting together his gaming computer. Yeah. I saw that. I didn't watch the video. I just saw a bunch of links to it though. And I think that's so awesome that he's like, uh, look, am I potentially the most handsome man on the planet and like a jacked Hollywood superstar? Yeah, I guess so. But also this Everybody's is fun. just <laughs> swooning over him and his muscle shirt, putting together yeah. a computer. For sure, so great. Um, yeah. So, what have you been? Uh, what have you been watching lately? What What's been on your TV? Um, well, this is kind of weird to say, being on a, a being a co-host on a movie podcast, but yeah. I have not been watching a lot of movies. Been playing. That's cool. Been playing a lot of Dark Souls. Playing uh, a lot of Dark Souls. <laughs> Play Dark play, Souls. Playing a lot of Dark Souls. Um, yeah. But what have I watched recently? Well, I watched... Last week, I watched Demolition Man. There you go. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> In preparation for our podcast. Yeah, um, and actually, that's a good... I'm going to steal that as a segue for a recap of what's coming. So I keep forgetting to do this. I need to get better about it. But today, we are going to talk about an awesome, similar movie to Demolition Man, which is Total Recall. So we'll get into a little Total Recall after we touch on the news and stuff. But, um, yeah, so if you're waiting for that, just a heads up, that's coming. But uh, you've been watching some TV, some uh, PJ watched, Masks. Yeah, right. Uh, 
some Timu Mizumi. All there the way, all, all the big hits. Yep. Um, I I watched Artemis Fowl recently over like the last week or so. Did you finish uh, it? Yeah, uh, we watched all of it. Nice. What'd you think? It's not good. It's a little crazy. I thought it was like. It looks super cool, but there's. Does look I don't cool. even know what it's about, and it ended when I thought the movie like I was like, well, this is kind of the first, the first act is pretty long, but I mean. I guess I could sit around for another hour of movie, and then it just ends. <laughs> it's like, no, th- this is the whole movie, sir. <laughs> sir, this is the whole movie. Um, yeah, that it, it was pretty abrupt. Like, they definitely very blatantly and potentially overconfidently set it up for more movies. Even though Artemis Fowl is a massive book series, I just feel like it, it got, like, put on Disney+, Plus, which instantly removes a little bit of its shine. It still could, if it would have been good, a good movie is still good. People want good movies. There's no, yeah. And we'll actually get into a good movie that's not in the theater in a little bit. But um, I just think that if it would have maybe had more time to breathe and had a normal cinema release and had like its own release date, like release window that wasn't next to a bunch of other Disney blockbusters, like I think they just didn't have faith in it. And that's why they did what they did with it. And it looks like, looks to have been the right choice. But. I thought yeah. a lot of it was like really fun, and then a lot of it's just like super crazy and weird. And I didn't really know who this Artemis kid still was by the end of it, or like why these creatures are helping mm. him after he was a huge dick to him the whole time. Yeah, or is he just a villain? Like I know or... his whole shtick is like he's a villainous kid or something, but why are we rooting for him? Sometimes it can be hard for me to explain to people when when movies seem like they have really really bad pacing. But I think anybody can understand that this movie has some of the worst pacing of all time. Like the movie just unabashedly with zero explanation goes just from one scene to the next. And it's just like skips, skips the middle act and just goes from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie with some yeah. shiny scenes right in between. It does. <clears throat> but I don't know. It might be worth watching, though, just to see Josh Gad turn into a human earthworm. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, it was... It was okay. It was fine. I mean, I free, it is a kid's movie, and I'm not a kid. So maybe kids love it, but uh, it's nice kids, when they can kind of Kids still hit. like good movies. Right. It's nice when they can hit all cylinders making kids' movies to where we all yeah. like it. But uh, that's cool. That's cool. I watched um, – so I was going to say um, I watched something, a movie that is that was never in cinemas with Betty last night called The Old Guard on Netflix – and it was pretty dang good. It was the new very Charlize cool. Theron one. Yeah, yeah, it's got Charlize Theron. Uh, what's his name played Jafar in the live action Aladdin. Um, and then it's got Chiwetel Ejiofor in it, and a handful of other people. But um, it was super. It was super cool concept. Felt like it was well executed. I felt like it was well paced. Um, yeah, it was. It was really cool. Fun action movie that like knew what it was and like it was never too crazy or weird or followed its own rules pretty well yeah really good really good i highly recommend it do you know what it's about at all uh i think i've seen the the trailer a couple times but i don't okay yeah it's just like for those who maybe don't just a brief spoiler free synopsis would be it's like there's a handful of people that become immortal with no warning or reason no rhyme or reason and like what they do with their lives and like that kind of thing it's it's really cool 
Yeah, I'd right. watch the trailer yourself, and if it looks interesting, I say definitely go for it because it was quite good. That's a neat premise. Yeah, it was very dope. Um, anyways, um, you want to get into a little bit of news? Let's do it. A little bit of movie news? A little movie news. Movie news, it's time for the news, and I need to make a real news song. All right. I'll start it off here. Um, the Grease prequel movie has a director signed on. How psyched are you for a Grease prequel? About as psyched as I was for the pre for the Grease uh, sequels. <laughs> Fair. Fair. I think, I mean, they could get a good cast and, like, it might be really good. It might be fun. But I just think it's a fool's errand in the same way that Hans that the solo movie was a fool's errand, even though I maintain solos, a, a pretty cool, good movie. It's still, uh, despite having, we're not going to get into it. We don't have time, but despite having one sort of major flaw near the end, but you can't replicate John Travolta and Olivia Newton, John in the seventies yeah. with modern actors. No. So it like, won't be the same. Yeah. It won't be the same. I yeah, love the Grease. I love the first one. Yeah, the first Grease is dope. Um, I mean, this one, actually, I'll give it some credit. Like, it could have some really cool songs, uh, which would be great, because that's kind of a hallmark of this of the movies. But, And I'm sure, hopefully, they'll have good performances and stuff. But um, they're going for it. Yeah. So We'll see. Curious to see yeah. who, they get, uh, who they get in there. Yeah. Well, the director, I, I said, like, they found a director, and I never said who it was. But um, they've got Brett Haley is, is the director that they got. Um, which, according to this article, uh, thank you, Screen Rant, by the way, for the article. Oh, it's a new. He's a newcomer, so he's done some indie films, but nothing. Oh, nothing no, big. Interesting. No, nothing big. So it's a bold, it's a bold move, Cotton. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if it works for him. Um, yeah. So that's the first news story off the top. You know, just something to. Grease, grease our gears. It's a good, it's a good palate, palate warmer. Yeah, grease the news gears. That wasn't worth it. You, you got something for us? <laughs> let's, let's see if we can continue this very strong segment. Yeah. Um. So the uh, some Marvel news here. Um. Ooh. So the I've Russo, the the Russo brothers, basically yeah. the, the the kings of Marvel movies. Yeah. Um. They're not currently slated to come back to the MCU. Um, but they were interviewed recently on what type of series or what type of movie or storyline they'd want to do if they did come back. And okay. they hinted very heavily, if not outright said, um, that they were interested in doing something even bigger than Thanos. Um, and it okay. would be the Secret Wars storyline. Secret Wars. The Secret Wars. That would be amazing. Yeah, one of the one of the most iconic crossover events in Marvel history, um, involving you know all of the big players. Yeah. Um, and it was, if I'm remembering right, right, it's been a while. Um, it's where it's basically where this cosmic entity called the Beyonder snags up. Uh, who observes the, the observes the Marvel universe and then 
he snags up groups of heroes and supervillains and then teleports them to this battle planet world. That sounds incredible. Um, and then and then the storyline goes from there. Um, How does Hawkeye play a role in this? I wonder. Uh, well, it does involve the <laughs> Avengers, uh, and nice. it, he is he is slated or not slated, but he he is a named member of the Avengers at this time. In this time, <laughs> at this Cause time, because the, the Avengers is you know in the comics it's always this like rotating roster of folks, but at yeah. this point uh, in the storyline, these Avengers were Captain America, Hawkeye, Iron Man, She Hulk, Thor, uh, the Wasp, uh, the Hulk, and. Um, Uh, a gal known as uh, the second the second Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau. Yeah, I knew who Monica Rambeau is. Um, I, she was I in the little girl, the little black girl in the Captain Marvel movie. That's oh. Monica Rambeau, and then she eventually grows up and gets powers like Carol Danvers. Yeah. Um, can we talk about how they just love to reuse exact same not that common names in comic books like Carol Danvers? Carol Danvers? Really Dude, that's Marvel? Such a, I feel really like DC? Carol... I don't know who had it first, but stop it. <laughs> I you know what? Or yeah, I mean... Marvel? Like Captain Marvel, isn't that one? <laughs> yeah. Just stop one. it. <laughs> like I'm sure there's tons of examples, but I don't even want to count all the Marthas. But um yeah, that sounds crazy. That sounds so cool. That's huge scale wise. Yeah, that would be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I dig it. Man, the Beyonder. Because it is going to the... be curious. The. You know how how many. Like twenty twenty movies or something in the first run, of uh, of Marvel leading up to Endgame mentioned, or were part of the that arc that ended with Endgame, and like what is going to be the big arc of the second wave of That's marvel a great question you know because i mean yeah you gotta imagine it's gonna be something yeah for um, sure i mean we got we got hints of that arc as early as phase one and yeah i don't know they, i'm sure they know i'm sure they've got a, a pretty good plan uh, I by the way, I just want you to know, I googled a picture of the Beyonder, and then I ca- I already cast the role, and it's perfect. You already did. You already got it. Yeah, I nailed it. Let's phone it in. Who is it? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise might be the Beyonder. He's so perfect for the Beyonder. I feel like he can, cause he can be like maniacal and menacing, and like I would love to see him play like this this crazy powerful villain. He looks a little bit flamboyant and full of himself, judging by his attire, and I think that would fit the role pretty well. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah I think Tom Cruise should be the Beyonder. Yeah, this would be. Yeah, this would be such a it's just a neat movie, or like it have to obviously have to be a series of movies. For sure. I mean, his alien world is full of alien weapons and technology. It's got like everybody. Everybody yeah. who's anybody, it's got the Avengers, it's got the Fantastic Four, it's got Spider Man, it's got the X Men, um, it's be so got, dope. it's got Magneto, but as like a good guy, it's got Doctor mm-hmm. Doom, and Ultron, even like even Galactus shows up for a minute, 
That's so cool. So he just brings people to a battle planet. Yeah, I believe it was. I I believe that it was the secret. It was Secret Wars. Right. And not to was, be confused with Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion is like a invasion of scrolls on Earth. With pretending people, to be heroes. People thought that was about to happen, and then it, the way they, the way Captain Marvel worked out, it kind of doesn't seem like that's where they're going. Yeah, I kind of wish they had made Captain I, Marvel about something else, so that was still on the table because I thought it was, I thought it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I, I really wish the Captain Marvel movie was just different because now that's sort of ruled out, and I thought that would have been really cool. I'm like, sure they, you, they got really good writers over there. I'm sure they could still do it if they wanted to. Because like that would be cool if they like if they made like you know a dozen marvel movies and then you know in avengers 6 we find out that you know every superhero of the last like nine movies that have been released have, were actually all scrolls that'd be a bit heavy but i get the point <laughs> right i mean it'd have to be woven in and like um, yeah hinted at but i think that'd be interesting but be. uh no it was secret wars when spider-man comes back from secret wars uh he comes back with the alien symbiote attached to him and that's what's what leads to venom oh wow dang so they they kind of that they kind of ruined that already since they've decided to like have loose links to the venom tom hardy venom movie yeah. So they might have ruined the possibility of t- doing that, but maybe they could still work in the the symbiote since they have a whole symbiote planet and stuff. That's pretty yeah. cool, though. I mean, I'd be stoked for Secret Wars, especially if those two are doing it. They obviously know how to handle handle the the Marvel stuff. So yeah, I mean, I I'm was, into it. I thought that was pretty pretty interesting. I think if they do do that, I hope that it's like. Maybe there's another massive arc first and then Secret Wars, just so that we have the X-Men and the Fantastic Four well-established. Yeah. So Because I don't want it to be like have people missing that are like vital, like we did for Civil War. Yeah. So. They kind of, yeah, they kind of, well, the thing, yeah, with Civil War, they like really shrunk the scale of it. They did, for sure. They but, had to, because um, I mean, they only had the, they only had the characters, they had to deal with it. Yeah, for um, sure. And they did a great job, honestly, with their limitations. I mean, that that turned out to be a pretty good movie. And of course, the 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 iconic moment of Civil War is um in the comic book is Spider-Man coming out as public as Peter Parker. Yep. And he doesn't do that in the, in the, anywhere in the movies. His identity is still secret. In the MCU? Yeah. It's not a secret. Isn't it? No. He didn't come out. Yeah. As Peter Parker. Well, not by his choice. At the very end of Far From Home. Oh, I guess I haven't seen that one yet. I think that's Spoilers. Like one Marvel. <laughs> that's the one Marvel movie that slipped through my fingers. Yeah, spoiler alert, I guess then. Oh well. Yeah. So but it's the way it happens, they could undo it if they wanted to pretty easily. So it's oh, not gotcha. like game breaking in my opinion. But um, that's that's pretty cool. I'm I'm very excited for the possibility of that, and for just whatever whatever big story Marvel does next. Because I think Marvel manages to make movies that are enjoyable on their own, and the fact that they wove them into a massive story is cool. I think it's unnecessary. I think every Marvel movie just about would have been good enough on its own without tying into Thanos and Infinity Stones and stuff. Except for obviously like the last couple of Avengers movies, but. 
so the fact that they're so good at making the movies individually and then tying them in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm just excited for whatever, whatever they got up their sleeve. Um, all right. I got another quick news story for you. It's a bit of a bummer. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry to be the one to break this to you, Mark, but my heart is ready. What is it? Conjuring three is officially delayed till next summer. It's 2021. I'm really bummed now. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the Conjuring universe. The Conjuring, oh, are you? Or whatever it's called. Nice. Yeah, first one's good. Isn't the nun their fault though? I, I said that like completely joking, thinking you'd be like, okay. I mean, it's all. I think it's all kind of part of the same universe, but um, same with uh, Annabelle. The nuns. The Nun might be the worst movie I've ever seen. It's up there with the worst movie I've ever seen in a theater in my whole life. The Nun was real bad. I can't believe you actually went to a movie theater to go see it. I was like, so my coworkers at the time wanted to see that in theaters really bad. And I was like, I don't really even like horror. I've never seen The Conjuring. I don't want to go. And they were like, come on, come on. I was like, I'm not paying money to go watch this movie that I don't care at all about. Mm -mm. But I like... I like you guys. I like hanging out with you guys, but I'm not doing that. And they're like, what if we buy your ticket and your popcorn? I was like, okay, if you pay for the whole thing, sure, I'll go. And they called my bluff and they did it and they paid for all my stuff. And so I saw the nun in theaters. Did you, did you learn your mistake? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, but also the only part of it that was worth it was similar to seeing cats in theaters is that it was so bad that it was funny. And so we were able to like get a good laugh out of it. And it was a fun experience. But if your goal is to go to the movies and see a good movie, well, yeah, it failed. I don't think you're really doing yourself a lot of favor, doing us a lot of favors on your like your your authority as a movie critic, knowing that you paid money. or I guess somebody else paid money for you to go see the, the nun. But you actually <laughs> paid money to go see Cats. Uh, well, it was part of my Regal Unlimited subscription to go see Cats. Thank you very much. And I never have claimed to be an authority <laughs> and a movie critic. Movie lover? Sure. Movie critic? No, 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 no. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I brought you into the fold, so we can get some real opinions about movies when we need them. <laughs> but no, I did. Uh, I, I still do like the first Conjuring, and I think even the second one was good. Um, the first one I really enjoyed. I was thoroughly freaked out by. Yeah, I, like, I mean, I, like, the f I I know the first couple are like well regarded. Yeah, they're not like the best horror movies ever made, but I mean they're good enough. In a, anyway, in a, so in, in in a genre that has you know a lot of bad entrance every year, it wasn't it, they weren't bad. So tell me, actually, real quick, I think that's it. That's all I got for Conjuring, just that it's delayed a year. So if you care, I'm sorry. Um, and if you are mean and you hate that movie, then you're happy. Um, but anyways, so I have a different just overall horror question for you. So like this rise in horror we've seen that kind of started with the first It movie, like as far as being like, viable blockbuster potential films again like there's there's a clear rise in in the horror genre right now like a big yeah, one there's definitely um the quality is getting better again right obviously I have a there's still a lot it. of mediocre and bad ones but yeah the, the quality is getting better and that's helping but do you think that there is any relation to the 
current administration in the White House and the uptick in horror movies. Like no. just a lack of faith in the world, uh, just a negative vibe in the country, and then that people are finding they're, they're, this is more appealing than it used to be when I used to be happy. No. Do you think that that's a thing or not at all? Not at all. I mean, okay. <laughs> if we were like in the midst of like a depression or something like that, you might be seeing we I think it if we were seeing more like pure escapism movies um yeah. then maybe, but even that like no, not at all. Cuz like some of the some of the good ones like um the first it came out i think during the previous administration uh, yeah the witch which well no a... the first the first it was during trump was it yeah for sure uh, it was like a year after he he won or something ah or maybe two years actually but i think it was 2017 and 2019 for the two it movies i want to say oh gotcha or it could be um, 2018 19. i don't know yeah, man, there's but. there's a lot of high quality horror movies that are coming out. Um, the Witch was great. I highly recommend anybody watch that. That was on Netflix. Um, both it yep. movies were really good. So you uh, think it's mostly just the the quality has taken a big yeah. leap forward, and that's responsible. Yeah. The uh, the two horror movies that Jordan Peele put out are very 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 good. That's true. Uh, I think he had a big effect on the genre as a whole and brought it in front of new audiences and stuff. Um, cause like including, I just like me, that like, he's, he's made it from a different perspective and yeah. I think it's really cool. He is a, he's a big HP Lovecraft nerd. Um, nice. there's even a rumor going around or there's a fan theory going around that, uh, his first one, uh, what was it called? Uh, what was it? Uh, I don't know Shoot. why I can't think of it. Brain farting right now. Uh, get out, get out. Yeah. Yeah. There's a fan theory going around that Get Out is really a uh, a like fanfic sequel to one of H.P. Lovecraft's short stories. Oh uh, wow! I, I I believe it was the one called The Thing on the Doorstep. Um, mm-hmm. That it's it's his own it's his own like fanfic sequel to it, which is really neat. Nice, that is um, cool. And then he is also going to be, I don't know if he's directing or if he's just going to be producing um, a series on, I think, Amazon called Lovecraft Lovecraft Country that I'm very excited for. Dang. I mean, I trust uh, him implicitly pretty much, so I'll definitely give it a look, I'm sure. Until he loses my trust, I'm down to just watch whatever he makes. Yeah, it should be good. Lo- I have the book Lovecraft Country. I want to read it. It's apparently it's about uh, it's about this uh, black dude um, who it's I think it takes place in the fifties and like super heavy Jim Crow America and he yeah. is traveling through the east the northeast searching for his dad and he has to fight two different horrors he has to fight the horror of a super racist backwoods northeast and also um you know these other other otherworldly lovecraftian terrors and bobs um that actually that's a hero i can get behind yeah i'm really i'm really looking forward to it i've been sitting on this book for like a month and a half and i just need to open it it's not it's not the biggest book ever i just need to open it 
nice and get going um but yeah there's a lot uh-huh. of sorry kind of a kind of a tangent no it's okay. a lot of a lot of highly recommended horror movies out there if you if you like the genre yeah yeah it's definitely in a in a renaissance right now I'm kind of I'm hoping that we soon see like a comedy renaissance because we're in the crazy lull right now. We are like like the amount of like commercially viable like blockbuster comedies that are coming out right now are they're so few and far between. It's insane. We used to get like five a year that would do 200 million plus each. And like now it's just like nothing. There's no big comedy stars right now. Like Kevin Hart is still like probably one of the biggest comedy draws. Yeah, he is really good. A lot of like a lot of the uh, good comedies are pulling in people that aren't normally comedians to yeah. get their peep butts in seats. Like, like people Jim like, Carrey's Jim Carrey's not the pull he used to be. Will Ferrell's not the pull he used to be. He still has um, a lot of star power, but he has lost I'd also, a little bit, I think. You know. That new movie, know. by the way, on Netflix of his um, Eurovision was hilarious and awesome. I do want to see that. I do want to really, see that. Really good. Yeah, it was really funny. I'd also say, I don't want to get too political, but I think a lot of the comedy rules are being rewritten right now by society. I think that's true. I don't think <laughs> so, that's responsible for the law, but I think it's a valid point. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I think there might be people that are afraid to to go cross certain lines and boundaries when the world is becoming more woke or whatever. So yeah, stand up still doing strong. Valid. I mean, Jim Jeffries yeah. just put out another great stand up bit. Bill Burr's still crushing it. Yeah. Um, so stand up hasn't slowed down, but I don't think that. I think that it's stand up comedians know. don't give don't give a, a rat's ass about woke culture or, or any. No, or they any just criticisms. well because they have a they have a medium where they can explain what they want to say if they need to or like it's all the context you need is there in your joke and like it can't really be misconstrued because you're it's long form conversational type of comedy yeah but um i will say that i this all kind of still fits my theory i think the country is sad right now and so it wants horror movies and it doesn't want comedies (laughs) see i would say i would almost think that we would be seeing like the opposite like more sci-fi movies or more uh like what was it like we when we were constantly at war in in iraq and afghanistan and stuff i mean like the 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 war movies per capita per year were just not like outrageous we probably haven't seen war movies come out at such a quick clip since like right after world war ii yeah um (laughs) you know i i would i'd surprise we're not seeing more like civil war or like future civil war movies or for sure, dude. There, you know, all these other like everybody likes to be doomsday-ish. So I'm just surprised. Like direct not... commentaries. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. That is that is a little surprising. I think that in like ten years we're gonna get like quarantine well, did, uh, movies and like virus movies and stuff. They did movies the purge the... like two and three, and they were not subtle about their yeah. <laughs> their their inspirations for the stories. <laughs> but uh i mean those movies were not good <laughs> either yeah <laughs> nice but anyways um do you have any more news stories for us um let's see i had uh with the with the snyder cut coming out there's apparently a swath of suicide squad fans who want the Ayers cut to be released oh i've heard this 
I don't think that movie could be made any better by any cut. <laughs> by the way, I feel like we almost need like <laughs> to give the Snyder cut its own segment because it's gonna there's like every time I look up news for this show each week, there's some new detail or screenshot or rumor about the Snyder cut. And I'm just like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as what you just said about the air cut, <laughs> um, I thought Suicide Squad need, it needs a whole lot more than a new cut. Yeah, it's just like, cut it, cut it from the canon and redo it. I think you could cut down like a thirty minute. If you go down to thirty minutes and you make it a short episode of a of a like a show, just a thirty minute movie. Screw it. Invent a new movie length that's thirty minutes long. And be done with it. I think you can get something good out of 30 minutes out of this movie. Yeah. But like super cut. Yeah. You'd have to ignore the main crux of the film, which is, well, we don't want to endanger soldiers, so we're going to get criminals to do our dirty work. Okay, I buy that. That's what the Suicide Squad is in the comics, and it's a really cool, unique idea. Awesome. Let's go. Also, we're going to send a huge group of soldiers with them. What? <laughs> That that's alone, true. that's like the only kind of thing about it. Like there are, it has other problems, but that's the biggest one for me. Where I'm like, wait a minute. So the whole reason you put the team together is like null and void, right? <laughs> like you're just trying, you're not trying to keep your soldiers safe at all. Like I, I like guess how... part of it is they need pow- more people more powerful than soldiers to deal with those threats. But a big point they make is keeping our soldiers safe, and then they send eighty of them to their death. I like how I like how every every single one of the villains, the main villains. As part of the Suicide Squad, they basically get like a long form introduction, almost yeah. to the point where it takes up like half the movie just introducing everybody. Yeah. And then, right when they get on the plane or the helicopter to be deployed, there's all of a sudden like the writers forgot about the lady with the soul eating samurai sword. Yeah. And so they had the, the they had Joel Kinnaman's character say like, "Oh yeah," and then here's this person. <laughs> Her sword Caref- devours the souls. Careful of- around that sword. <laughs> it's just like an eight-second <laughs> yeah. introduction for a character when everybody else has gotten like 15 minutes of screen time. Yeah, they went super anime with it, super exposition, just like, oh, this is exactly what that does. Now you know. Okay, cool, next. And there's the guy who... <laughs> Explodes inter- immediately. <laughs> who's introduced as being able to climb anything, and then he dies while climbing. Yeah, yeah, they... The, before the movie came out, everything I listened to that talked about movie trailers and stuff was like, that dude is easily the first to explode, guaranteed. Because like they just he wasn't in the marketing material in the same way. Like he's barely in the trailer. Everyone's yeah. just like, yeah, we know he's like they have to set an example. Like we will blow your head off if you disobey us. And everyone knew from the jump that it was gonna be Slipknot. I can't <laughs> believe I just remembered his name. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know. That movie had a lot of cool stuff in it and introduced us to Harley Quinn, which I think is an awesome character portrayed well by Margot Robbie. But it it also had some massive problems. And if you guys want to see the best take I've ever seen on that movie, just Google Suicide Squad Jenny Nicholson. It's easily the best YouTube video, the best take I've ever seen or heard on Suicide Squad. It's her pretending to be the producers, like reading the script to someone I'm like, oh, so here's what's going to happen. And then having her like comment on like, but wait, aren't we trying that to keep the funny. soldiers safe? Like, yeah, it's incredible. So Jenny Nicholson, Suicide Squad it has a ton of views. It should be easy to find, but it's uh, very worth your time. Um, 
Nice. Well, uh, yeah, maybe we'll get the air cut. Maybe not. Whatever. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> I'm actually excited to watch the Snyder cut, but I don't. I don't know. I mean, I could still take or leave the Snyder cut, but I obviously I'm definitely gonna watch it when it comes out. So, anyways, um, well, should we get into the the main topic of the day? Let's do it. Cool. Uh, all right, me and Mike, we watched another incredible '90s action film. No, barely '90s, 1990 exactly, to be precise. Yeah. Um, we watched another old school action film with wonderful practical effects and whatnot, and that was Arnold Schwarzenegger's Total Recall. Yeah, that was a great one. It was super good. Um. So yeah, let's we'll start it off with a brief synopsis and then we'll go into it a little further. But here you go. Douglas Quaid is haunted by a recurring dream about a journey to Mars. He hopes to find out more about this dream and buys a holiday at Recall where they sell implanted memories. But something goes wrong with the memory implantation and he remembers being a secret agent fighting against the evil Mars administrator Kohade. Now the story really begins, and it's a roller coaster ride until the massive end of the movie. That's so stupid. That's what they wrote. I read that verbatim off IMDb. Until the massive end of the movie. <laughs> God, that's so bad. Oh God. All right. So yeah, this movie. Yeah, let's. I guess. Yeah, I have notes. I actually took notes this time, and it was actually really fun to take notes. Have you ever taken notes during a movie? No, I don't think so. Wow, you're taking this whole podcasting thing pretty serious then. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I mean, I care. I want the content to be quality for people. Um, so anyways, there's a, there's larger concepts I want to talk about later. Um, but yeah, let's jump right into it. Dennis Quaid, Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger, living his life in his super futuristic apartment. Yeah, and oh my gosh. Dude, I forgot how much of a bombshell Sharon Stone was. Yeah, she's pretty incredible in this film, particularly that fight scene, post-fight yep. scene moments. Yep. Yeah, she's uh, notable. But, um, yeah, I didn't even know that was her for a long time. Like, I think maybe until now. Like, yeah. I rewatched it, and I saw Sharon Stone in the three-and-a-half-minute-long opening credits. That's not a hyperbole, you guys. That's how long the opening credits are. Yeah, be prepared. Make sure, like, start start your popcorn. Like, don't Just, uh, yeah. sit down with your popcorn. Like, start the popcorn as you start the movie, and then very by smart. the time by the time your popcorn's done and it's cooled down, the movie will be on. And it's cooled down <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Literally, go start the movie. Think about what you want to eat with the movie. For me, popcorn takes about two and a half minutes. All said, so uh, plan accordingly. You got time. Um, anyways, so long credits, and I saw Sharon Stone's name in there, and then uh, along with probably my name, everyone's name, a lot of names. Yeah, but, it's uh, it's not very often where you see like the the uh, the costume designer and the set designer uh, and I like the director don't... of photography. Yeah, all in the uh, all in the opening credits. It's pretty it's pretty rare, but I mean, it's I also pretty it. common in this era, just yeah. with long opening credits. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. I'm I'm kind of down for movies to have long credits just because those people deserve their due. Like they the do. costume designers and like the people behind the scenes a little bit, like they deserve their due. And so 
for the handful, the very small handful of people that will see that name and be like, oh, she's the costume designer. And then look her up and be like, or him up and be like, oh, they did this. Oh, I love that. Like what, you know, yeah. that's cool. And I think it's worth it because we all can just skip it or chill for a couple minutes. It's always important um, to me to know who the gaffer and the best boy is because that's, that's how you know what's a good movie. Yeah. You can always tell if so-and-so has gaffed that movie. Dude, the gaffer's important. Yeah. Who gaffed this movie, you think? Dude, I don't know. Probably some guy named Mark. <laughs> We're gonna, that's canon. We're going to go with that. But yeah, Sharon Stone showed up in the credits and I was like, oh, that is Sharon Stone. And it just made me realize that I she has played such a small role in my personal viewing history that I just didn't even like ever connect those dots. Yeah. But so, she's great in it. Yeah. Um, so this is a great movie. And I think it, it kind of contrasts well with Demolition Man because Demolition Man is just like this big skeptical or big uh, spectacle. <laughs> skeptical. Uh, it's this big spectacle. and uh, But like once you start trying to peel away the layers, it sort of starts to fall apart. Yeah. Um, but this movie, Total Recall, it's so good. It's like it is one of the best uh, sci-fi movies um, because the twist at the end, I think the movie's made well enough that the twist at the end, there really is no right answer whether he had, um, if it was all in his head or if it was all real. And oh, don't even start. Don't even start with me. There, there, like, there's no right answer, and I think they deliberately did it that way. You could, you could rationalize it both ways very well. No, you can't. Um, it's real. It's. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into it when we get to the end. I have my thoughts about it, but that's just because I don't like ambiguous endings one bit. I can't stand them. But um, they do do that very effectively. Like if that's if they set out and that was the goal. Uh, which I again I'll have my thoughts on, but they did it very effectively. I think. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the world building? That's that's my favorite thing of in movies in general. So let's talk about our world building a bit. They show up in his apartment. First of all, how far into the future do we have to be? Does it tell us the year even? I don't remember it telling us the year, but we're clearly pretty far off into the future since people are just doing leisure trips to Mars. Yeah. Um. It has to be like, so this says 2084. Now explain something to me, Mike. Sure. How in 2084 does his house look like a normal house with a big screen TV instead of a window? And like the cabs, like the Johnny cab, like That's the great. cars are, are just the same. Like the, <laughs> it's, That's great. or here's, here's something I wrote down. I, I, I have some notes that I wrote down called failed future. And it's things that these movies, and I'm glad we waited until we watched this one too, so we have a couple examples, just completely fail. People failed to imagine this part of the future. One of those is screens. HD, no one could imagine a crystal clear screen ever. Every futuristic yeah. screen you've ever seen is either a standard definition, boxy, terrible, old school looking screen, or it's a hologram that's it for all these old action movies that take place in the future they're like well things are either going to stay exactly the same or become holograms i think and so i think it's interesting they missed the boat on that one um and then the other thing i have is non-compact tech 
So like you go back to Demolition Man and he had that like little advice gun that he was holding that was like mm-hmm. approach the the approach the suspect and blah blah blah. And it was humongous. And then you go to this one and that super weird henchman is running around with this enormous tracking gun. And it's like they just people it's so funny to think that we couldn't even imagine that technology being like compact and small and like how technology has become already. Yeah. <laughs> like, I do like their they're like they're like they're walking x-ray screen. Like that was pretty futuristic. That was really good actually. That was uh, that's actually an a fun fact about the movie is that it was one of the first major Hollywood blockbusters to use CGI and have it look quote photo real. And it was that scene that you're referring to with like that sweet x-ray machine. Mm-hmm. And um, that was really cool. They did a good job of that. And that is a good example of like future tech that we don't currently utilize or maybe don't have or somewhere in the middle that, that yeah, it looks really neat. I like that. Mm. Yeah, that was really neat. But, uh, um, yeah, it's super common. And, you know, like in the 80s when all these movies are being thought up and filmed and stuff, the the tech yeah. back then is so blocky and massive that, yeah. yeah, they can't imagine a smaller world. Whereas, I mean, take a look at some of the flashier examples of sci-fi that, that's more modern, like the Star, like the new Star Treks. And how, yeah. <laughs> like how, how bright, just how bright... He makes the uh, <laughs> he makes the inside of the starship, um, yeah. and like these massive massive touch screens, you know, that just like envelop yeah. people. It's gonna be when when reality is is actually much more boring. I mean, you see you see what spaceships actually do look like. You know, they're never gonna totally. get they're never gonna look like that. Um, no, for sure. At least they like they also they missed out on touch screens pretty much in this era. They did. They're like no no buttons. You need buttons. How do you could? How do you even? How do you turn it on? How do you turn it off? How do you change the volume? You have to have a button. What are you talking about? And it's like flash forward ten years after this movie, and there are products available in stores with touchscreens on them. Yeah, maybe two thousand. If they were, they were bad. But yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. So what? Do, how about that chase scene? How about that henchman in general? Just like some guy that he probably met at Radio Shack, apparently. That's got some baggy khakis and big old glasses. Just a dude. Like nothing henchman-y or scary about him other than his tenacity. You talking about Michael Ironside? Is that, <laughs> no, Michael Ironside's not a I mean no, Michael Ironside, he was in Starship Troopers, yeah. which we also recently Oh, covered. you're talking about his henchman. The The little yeah, the glasses wearing the little squirrely looking dude. Baggy little baggy khaki guy yeah 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 i thought that was great i I love this scene it's so <laughs> ridiculous where they're chasing him and he's like he's tracking the rat that has it that has the tracker yeah and he's like running around the room and he's just like pointing the tracker and then just like shooting into the darkness <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone blindly shoots with him <laughs> yeah it's like yo that's 40 feet away from you you would see him if he were there what yeah are you doing that's <laughs> uh, not a that's not a good look for uh for such good bad guys yeah so it's a bad day for ammo consumption yeah i did i do like i do like the world building i think i mean they do a good job with how everything looks it's consistent um and the advertisements are ridiculous and 
Yeah, everything fits. I agree. I think they nailed it on the world building. Like, obviously, I mentioned some inconsistencies in tech, but that's not a fault of the design of the world. That's just like the reality of people's mindset at the time and what they thought of the future. But as far as the rest of it goes, I thought it was amazing. It's pretty consistent. And like, which yeah, is important. it was it was really, really good. Um, do we feel good about this being 2084? Because Demolition Man, we were like, no, it needs to be 100 years later. But um, I feel like that I'm okay with it. It still seems a little quick to be like chill vacations to Mars and people living there. But yeah, well, generations of like mutated people and stuff. But yeah, it's 2084. I'm fine with. Yeah, yeah, we'll allow it. We'll allow you to continue what you've done. Yeah, um, I feel like, yeah, Demolition Man, they should have made it like 200 years into the future and nothing would have changed about that movie, but it would have made more sense. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I saw, I also saw a funny thing uh, while they were on Mars in related to wo- relational world building. There was a cooler full of straight Pepsi, just current 1990 cans of Pepsi. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh God. Um, which honestly might, that might stick around putting beverages in a can is still pretty dang good way to do it. So, yeah. especially cause we have, we, when we're responsible, we can recycle those cans. And so that, that one might hold up actually. And in addition with people going back to retro logos all the time, mm-hmm. I feel like that exact looking can will probably show up again at some point. Like perm, like for a long period of time, because we're always like design is always taking a few steps forward and then a few steps back and then a couple steps forward and a few steps back. So pretty interesting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. My notes literally say henchman, just some nerd in baggy khakis. <laughs> um. I thought I thought Michael Ironside was a great bad guy. I mean, I wish he was in more movies. Oh, he he is amazing. Yeah, uh, he's so good. Michael Ironside is the guy in this in the in the leather jacket telling our Radio Shack nerd what to do. Yeah, the the balding guy um, with the super yeah. intense voice. Yeah, he's just a really intense character. Everything about him. I would love I would love like an audio book like, narrated by Michael Ironside. Oh, that would be great. What book? I don't. Starship it's Troopers. Any of them? Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, Harry Potter. <laughs> so any book? Literally any book. That's awesome. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. So, anyways, that the chase scene is really cool. Uh, the Total Recall place itself is very interesting. I like the receptionist girl that's doing her nails by like tapping on them with a stylus and changing the color of them and just like, no, I don't like this one. I'll try this one. Yeah. I thought that was a cool little futuristic world building detail. Yeah. That um, was a, that was a good little moment. Um, and she just kind of goes back mm-hmm. to doing it. I yeah, could see something like that happen where you could get like, uh, like digitized paint or something that will change the oh, color totally. properties um with like it already exists there's there's they've done testing on wall on paint that they paint onto a wall and then they stick like this circuit on that wall and it delivers uh data to the paint and whatever material they're using they can get like rudimentary images and stuff like that already we're already working on that yeah that's awesome so if you can get it to like the way she was doing it 
if that brief moment of connectivity from the stylist hitting her nail, I can't believe we've gone this far into this lady and her nails, but <laughs> if that brief moment is all it takes to like give a little surge of electricity and direction to the paint on her nails, yeah, like that's viable. That's totally viable. But yeah, that paint paint on screens is cool technology to, to Google if you guys are interested. But um yeah uh yeah that part of it's really cool i like all the plants they have in his life like the the construction worker buddy that kind of sucks though like that guy has two jobs he has one job is he works for whatever cohagen's company is and then his other job is he has to have a real job with dennis quaid you're you're see i see what you're doing wait did i say dennis quaid Douglas Quaid. I see what you're doing. <laughs> so you're you're pushing hard from the narrative that all of this was absolutely real. That Quaid is Hauser, Hauser is Quaid, and this all definitely was 100% real. I'm uh, all in on that, and and my my evidence for it is that at the end of the movie, when he says, "I just had the terrible thought. What if this is all a dream?" And she's like, well, then you better kiss me or whatever she says. Um, him saying that that would be terrible for it to not be real is basically the director's saying, like, that would be terrible of us to make a movie about something that's not real. No. What? <laughs> I think you're reaching there, my dude. Oh, yeah, I totally am. But I don't like things that aren't real at all. I've I don't have it I don't like it I don't want it it's I just I want it to all be real because if it's all real then it's interesting and if it's not then who cares because it's still a cool story but that's my personal that's my own just like personal take on imaginary things and movies and like is it real is it not like Inception he was back in the real world at the end of the movie you saw the top wiggle just barely that's enough for me he came back to reality yeah like and Personally, also, I, I mean, ambiguous is frustrating I like because just kept it spinning. I, I, I guess I don't care. Like if, if people want to say it was a dream, then you can say it was a dream. But I'm going with to me, it was all real, except for where he was having a dream where he's shown having a dream. He's having a dream. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Like it's it's not like your opinion is wrong. I think they made the movie so well that you could put up very spirited defenses to both sides. Um. Yeah. And you can come away with the movie, uh, come away from the movie, thinking either and not really being wrong. Um, One thing that's interesting about it, if you choose to believe it's all real, is that Hauser. This movie's about a guy that's a military or whatever jerkwad that changes, agrees to have his personality changed to pull off some trick to these bad guys or whatever in their eyes. And then what happens is the, the, cre- the creation s- just steals his own body. Like, it's so weird to think about like, yeah. And you the, agree to get your personality changed and you never get your body back and your own personality dies forever. It's kind of a big, <laughs> like, it's, what? it's kind of a big like leap that the direction that like you have to take watching the movie. I don't know if it's a big leap, but like, yeah, it's kind of a tall order to think that there was this, not only did this guy infiltrate the resistance, but then volunteered to have his mind erased and that, yeah. And that 
this other guy, his new personality, um, would be able to jump through all the hoops to get everything done so that he could get his body back and nothing bad would happen to it. It's kind of a tall... And yeah. then if that is the case, right, who is Dennis Quaid? Like... Douglas or, Quaid. Yeah, who's Doug, who, like, who is Douglas Quaid? Is he a... <laughs> Is he a computer program? Is he like a computer-generated personality? Is he? Yeah. Is he, is, is he Hauser with some tweaks? He, just like some sliders adjusted? Uh, or is he somebody else's personality? Like they mentioned right at the beginning of the movie, or not at the beginning, mm-hmm. but when his his construction worker friend mentions that somebody else had been lobotomized at recall, uh, did right. did he get that guy's personality? Um, so. If yeah. it's all real, there's still a lot of really interesting things because, like, yeah, for real, who is Douglas Quaid if it's not Hauser anymore? Is it, is it a like an android brain or android soul <laughs> or personality or something? Like, it's not. Yeah, and it's it also no longer opens him. Up, it's it no opened... longer Hauser. Who, who who the heck is it? Yeah. Um, and it brings up another interesting question and something I wish had happened is that we got a sequel to this in like 1992. I don't want it now, but it would have been cool back then if they would have taken this concept and been like, guess what? Hauser's brain was not deleted. They saved it for when he would return. So that means they could put his personality. In oh, a different and they put body his personality into like Sylvester Stallone's body. Exactly. <laughs> and there's your villain for the second movie. That would have been or like dope. bring in Jean Claude Van Damme. That would have been a great. That would have been. Oh, Jean Claude Van Damme would have been so cool as just like this pissed off Hauser Terminator. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways, that that side of it is, is all. It's so cool and so crazy. And um, the Earth stuff is cool. This the the world building is pretty basic on Earth, but pretty good. Um, very industrial, like the buildings are like just concrete slabs and yeah, the the, the Johnny the cabs sets are, are really are wonderful. The sets are really cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, this movie was also one of the last major Hollywood blockbusters to go all in on miniatures. It's another fun fact for you. Yeah. Um, so that's part of the reason the sets look so cool. Um, they're a large scale or to have large scale use of miniatures, I should say. But um and then him getting to he, he goes to Mars now and he's disguised as that woman per the instructions in the briefcase that was given to him by the man that called him after he went to recall and went off the deep end. But See, they knew this, this is all, all real. So planted, There's so they, many freaking they planted that man. tiny little hoops to jump through <laughs> and he has to nail it perfectly. It's an insane plan. If one thing totally, goes wrong, totally. the whole plan's off. That's why I'm thinking like... Yeah, but they have... But these brains, at, to them in this future, like the mind is something we know exactly how to manipulate however we want. So that means they have tools. They've been in his head before. So they put that personality in there. So they know exactly how to react to certain situations more But they or less. didn't tell Michael Ironside's character the full truth. Uh, no, they needed someone just to blindly follow orders. Like what if at any point something like what if uh, Douglas Quaid tripped? And then, boom, Michael Ironside has him. <laughs> Movie's over. <laughs> if, he had, if he tripped down the stairs. <laughs> right? Like, it just takes takes Very one just be... takes one leg cramp and the movie ends. But at the same time, it wasn't a vital plan. From Cohagen's perspective, 
he wanted to get get to Quato or Quato or they say it multiple different ways in the movie I noticed but um, he wanted to get to them and get to the rebels on Mars and he wanted to do it through this insanely confusing plan uh, which later in the movie they just like drill through walls until they find him but um, (laughs) (laughs) so maybe he could have led with that but Anyways, they like it's a crazy plan to do what it does, but it also doesn't really have to happen because they're not posing an immediate threat to that like alien site and like no one's trying to push yeah. that button. So it's like he I wonder if he put this plan in motion like look, if this works, it'll solve this thing that's bugging me. If it doesn't, I'll find another way to get it done. And this one worked. <laughs> I mean, and they clearly have the ability to shut off Oxygen to parts of the planet. Uh, yeah, parts of the dome. parts of the dome, parts of the civilization. So they could have just kept yeah. cycling oxygen until they killed him. Yep, they definitely could have. Um, anyways, but him him getting there, they passed the X-ray thing. So dope. He's in this costume as this woman. Practical effects for the wind. Oh once my again. gosh, practical effects. The in amount this of movie like are so good. They're so good. The amount of mechanical robot Arnold faces in this movie is just enough to make you so happy. <laughs> I know. It's so. And they're pretty. They're, they're, they're not so bad. Good. They're not bad. They're not bad. Luckily, he has one of the most cartoony faces in the world, so it's like probably easier than other like more nuanced, normal looking faces That's true. to That's mimic. A good point. But I don't know if it would um, work as well. Yeah, it's with somebody it's else's so face. Good. When he puts the like when he takes the the brain bug out of his head. And it just like it transitions into this like <laughs> this animatronic Arnold head, and he's like, ah, <laughs> like shaking. It's so good. It's so and good. And it transitions like without oh. cutting away from like his face to the it puppet makes... face back to his face. It's it's it is yep. really it's really good. This movie makes me a little bit mad at CGI, because if CGI never came along, then practical effects would have kept advancing by leaps and bounds and where would they be now right yeah i mean but at the end of the day it's about money and they want to do crazy things for less money and there's probably a lot of really amazing things we never would have gotten without cgi but i just wish that hopefully we end up in a place where we go back to using practical effects really often and only use cgi when we need to because when you strike that balance it's wonderful i mean some some directors still like them um yeah, Christopher Nolan's a notable yeah. one. Um, like the Lord uh, of the Rings are evident. still the Lord of the Rings still hold up yeah. almost twenty years later because there's Big time. Uh, just tons of great miniature and practical effects there. Um, yeah. Jurassic Park holds up perfectly still twenty five years later, more yeah, more than twenty five years later. Um, so, um, but yeah, the the mechanical CGI or the mechanical physical heads in this movie are dope. Um, the woman whose head expands to reveal an Arnold head inside that of it. That was a great shot. I don't know how that... Such a great shot. Yeah. So good. I also like... Imagine how big that woman's head must have been to fit a whole person's head inside of it, though. <laughs> I also... Especially Arnold's big head. I also like the shot of uh, Benny, the taxi driver, when he reveals his mutant hand. Like, that was pretty off-putting. Yes. That was, that was very off-putting, very. but, like, in a good way, like... Like, it's really well done. This creeps me the heck out. Yeah, it was super good. He's like, look, I'm one of you. And then he's just, like, got these, like, <laughs> long, long, like,
like finger claw things like coming from his elbow like yeah, yeah. um anyways so yeah getting to mars very cool uh his cover gets blown just as they knew it would uh <laughs> everything's going to plan um yeah and then he goes he ends up at the bar um where we meet probably the m- most memorable character in the movie the three boobed the three boobed um, lady employee yeah she uh she, they they get there i forgot how many times they use that gag or whatever you want to call it like they because she shows up and she's like oh hey you want to have fun and here's my three boobs and it's like oh whoa and like the first time you see that it's it's like oh that's an option <laughs> what the heck <laughs> and like it's like very interesting but i didn't realize they show it like because then benny's in there playing with her boobs and then later on like the bad guys show up and she's like here look at all my boobs and it's just like oh wow they really milked this more than i remember yeah yeah no pun intended yeah. i think i think yeah i think they were on screen three times before she was killed yeah for sure um which again um what's his face that killed her um i forgot his name already michael ironside uh mike michael ironside yeah richter is his name in the thing but we're just gonna call him michael ironside um when he's so brutal dude he goes in he just shoots her like as she after she turns away too like just he's just such an intense crazy brutal dude zero f's given and that was bef- that was before he was mad about his wife, lover, girlfriend, whatever getting killed. Yep. <laughs> like that he was already that tilted. Um Yeah, yeah we get anyway, to so they show up at- We get the good bar scene and then he meets Melina. Was that Melinda? Melina? Yeah. Melina, yeah. Melina. Um, uh like like the wrestler. Um also at the bar though, like we meet some of the other on the along the way we meet some of these mutants and stuff. And I want to know your thoughts on um, on old Cooterface, the dude that just has a just a vagina right in the middle of his face. Oh, with with the with the side <laughs> of his head like looking like it's been melted in a frying pan. Um, yeah. That so that guy, do you know who that is? No. That is. Um, he was in Starship Troopers. He was the, like the commander during um, Rico's boot camp. Um, what he was? That's that guy. That's that guy. Um, shoot, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, Dean Norris. That's Dean Norris. Dean Norris okay. of of Breaking Bad fame. He's a DEA agent in Breaking Bad. Like, that's him. That's Dean Norris. That's young Dean Norris. Oh, you're right. Underneath that crazy makeup. That's crazy. I remember seeing that and just for the first time. And even again, watching it again, it's pretty gross. Like, I think if I grew up in a society where this was more normal, I'd probably, like, no one's freaking out about it. Like, they're walking by each other. It's not a big deal. But, like... That'd be a tough one. <laughs> to, to, to me, not it's not as it's not person. as bad as the grown-up lady who's like holding a little girl's hand, who just has like a demon yeah. over half of her face. Yeah, or even the back of his own head. The back of his head might be worse than the front of his head. <laughs> it's just a crevasse that leads right to his brains. But um, yeah. So the the designs, the character designs in this, and like the mutant designs are, I think, are really well done and very interesting. Yeah. Quato's another nasty little freak. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like 
Wait, what? Absolutely. Also, um, great, yeah, great, yeah. great animatronics on him too. Uh, very good, especially on the lips. Like it wasn't perfect, like him speaking, but it was close enough that I was very impressed, especially for 1990. So that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, someday we're gonna have all these like practical effects come back into play because we're gonna make like these adult theme parks like theme parks are already becoming more suitable for adults by adding all these like more adult themed rides and stuff but someday i want a place where i can go lit like experience starship troopers demolition man Mm -hmm. total recall like i want rides and stuff and experiences based on this this stuff yeah that'd be awesome that would be um yeah for sure (laughs) <laughs> let's see what else uh let's see um I, I have a couple more notes but it's stuff that's more about the ending of it so i i did it. really like um uh, like right like leading right up to the end of the movie um they're doing a long shot of the like of the reactor and it's probably like a yep. 20 or 30 second long shot and i remember um watching At it least. and T.O. was watching it with me, and um, and I pointed. I was like, "This shot is incredible! Like, I didn't think they could make they they could do shots like this." I mean, it's going from matte painting to miniature to close up, back to matte painting, all in this one long extended shot that is, you know, is trivial in this day and age with CGI. Um, yeah, but um, I thought that was really cool, kind of selling the size of it all. Um, the scale of that machine or whatever, yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought I was really impressed with that shot. Um, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, I thought that was great. Yeah, that was that was really cool. Um, how do you feel? So I wrote down. I have another note about a really funny line that Cohagen says. Yeah. Where he, he's like. And he's, he's really well acted. Like, Ronnie Cox is the guy that played him, and he's been in a number of things that you've probably seen before. I, I know he was in Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, yeah. He's a pretty um, familiar guy. But, pretty recognizable. Yeah, I love him. But um, So he, he says something to the effect of, like, like, I'll do this and this and be home in time for cornflakes. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what? Like, that's your go-to? Like, that's how you're going to end your badass line is home in time for cornflakes. Yeah. They did a pretty good job of, uh, like, he did a pretty good job of selling that character really as just being very ruthless. Yeah. Yeah, they did a really good job of that. Yeah. And yeah, him and um, Ironside, Michael Ironside. I, I forgot how short of a time Quato and his his host, like, how short he was actually on screen. Play a role. Yeah, he's on screen for like a minute. He pretty much just, yeah. He has a quick chat. Yeah, they fill him full of lead. Quade, and then start, start the, the reactor. reactor. <laughs> just the iconic line of of the whole movie. Yeah, so good. So good. Um, and man, what yeah. a brutal like! I know it was it was like this little animatronic puppet head, but when Quattro gets like shot in the dome. 
That's like violent. They show it. So violent. They do. They show like his head explodes with blood. Oh, man. So, I remember that. So violent. I love it's. I mean, one of the great things, one of the things that, that makes this such a great sci-fi movie is that they really nail the science fiction. They really nail the uh, the like the greater questions about like there's morality in this movie with like, you know, trying to suffocate the mutants and um yeah destroying destroying this life-giving machine but then also contrasting that with just nailing the ultraviolence and the gore yep totally it's so good um this as i for, yeah. i it's been years since i'd watched this movie and i'm glad i did this is definitely one of my top ten favorite sci-fi movies, and not not as like a joke. Like this is a really good no, movie. No, this is genuinely a great movie. I love this movie. Um, I, I did write on here. I wrote on my notes. Attack of the Oxygen Clouds. <laughs> <laughs> you remember when they start the scene? Yeah. And the oxygen's like filling up the atmosphere, and they're just like it's just like. 15 separate shots of oxygen clouds like attacking the building and like blowing up glass right <laughs> it's, just, it's very funny like what is the pressure um, of those it clouds? gets the point across but yeah very very high also um let's talk about for a second about how fragile the glass is on a mars like on a mars base yeah when he's like, don't shoot, don't shoot. You chose not bulletproof glass. <laughs> you chose, yeah, how is that glass not like, <laughs> how's that glass not like six feet deep? Like six feet thick? Yeah, for real. How is that like not? That, has to, that is all there is between us and immediate death. How is that not like six like, feet of fucking like bulletproof plexiglass or something? Yeah. Any hootie. Gosh. That that was that was that was yeah. probably the one. I mean, obviously, in a movie full about like Mars, people living on Mars, of course, there's going to be inconsistencies. But that one seems pretty obvious. The year it does, it does. No one would have used just regular household glass. Yeah, <laughs> like, like that is that glass is weaker than my windshield. You can't even shatter a windshield with a bullet that easily. It'll just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man um i wrote so i also wrote this other thing it says today i learned oxygen volcanoes produce thunder and lightning storms and perfectly replicate earth's atmosphere in about five minutes yeah that checks out exactly so they got that right that's one of the details they got right yeah yeah but um yeah they terraformed the planet in a few minutes in uh right by vaporizing Good to go. one glacier. So what happens when they breathe all that well, oxygen? Because there are no plants to convert the carbon dioxide that people are going to breathe out back into oxygen. <laughs> so touche, Mike. Like, touche. <laughs> this pretty short sighted. They bought themselves a couple couple weeks. Pretty short sighted. Um hopefully there's other oxygen well, that volcanoes gonna... that they can explode in a couple months down the road. Yeah, they need like carbon dioxide volcanoes to balance it out. <laughs> but the I mean they're they're vaporizing the core of the planet continuously forever. So that's a questionable tactic, I think as well. Right. Well, and not to mention that like oxygen is not air. 
People do not breathe pure oxygen. No. Yeah. Like our our I think what is our atmosphere we like seventy percent nitrogen or something like that. In the eighties and nineties, we just breathed straight oxygen, but then we switched. <laughs> <laughs> so all these people are just going to get a massive dose of pure oxygen. Also, yep. Like okay, so they're vaporizing it. So they're really just vaporizing it. So they show it as them turning the ice into steam, which is just vaporized water, which would condense and then rain back down, releasing... I'm not a chemist, so... No, but I feel like it's a good guess. But, like, so they're just they're just vaporizing the water into water droplets that would condense and then rain back down but none of it would be released as air or That's oxygen what would happen yeah <laughs> yeah right i mean maybe they're doing like a nuclear reaction there like uh maybe there's like a some maybe sort, this maybe, is, oh, maybe this is where elon musk crazy. got his idea about nuking mars's poles to release maybe. the oxygen he was watching total recall while he was high <laughs> he was like, you know what? He's pretty active on Twitter. I'll ask him. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, the the uh, exploding Cohagen head was fantastic. Yeah. Another amazing practical effect. And then there's a little, maybe a little bit of an inconsistency between how long it took for his head to become um, to go past the point of of return, point of no return. Compared to Arnold and Molina, they were able to fight off the Martian atmosphere a little longer than he was. Right. But I'm just going to chalk that up to weak character. Yeah, he's just a dick. Bad morality. Yeah. Yeah. Of low so. constitution. Yeah. Like, I like to imagine if my eyeballs expanded and popped out of my head. and There's no coming back from that. My tongue started to blow up and fill up my mouth that a couple good breaths of oxygen would take care of that and I'd feel fine. I just want to smooch. Yep. Yep. I mean, if you were Checks Arnold Schwarzenegger, out. if you had his constitution. That's true. Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's true. I think the oxygen was for everybody else. He was just about to figure out this whole Martian atmosphere thing before the oxygen showed yeah. up anyways. Schwarzenegger. He's about to be walking around just fine. Schwarzenegger has a... If Schwarzenegger was a D&D character, he'd have a maxed out strength and a maxed out constitution and probably a maxed out charisma. <laughs> Definitely. That would be an OP D&D character, which fits. Um. Yeah. Great movie, though, man. I love this movie. Um. Yeah. It was. It was so good. Even like the like the Total Recall thing, like the actual Recall place with all their options and stuff and packages and the salesmanship of the guy and like the whole used car dealer vibes and like yeah. It was so good. Like it was. It was, it was fantastic. Um. I will t- ask you this though. How many Johnny Cabs out of seven Johnny Cabs are you giving this one? Oh, this is a seven Johnny Cab out of seven. I think you're right. I think we're on a roll with picking great films. It's like I'm saying, this is a uh, upon upon rewatching Demolition Man last week. I still love it, mm-hmm. but it's not as good as yeah. I remember. Um, yeah, this movie is better than I remembered it. I kind of nice. I kind of remembered awesome. it for all of the like the tropes and the jokes and the 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 obnoxious you know like exploding eyeballs and the the three boobed lady and 
you know, the melted face alien guy uh, and, yeah. and Quato. Like, I remembered it for it's kind of its memeier things, but it's a great, right. it's a really good movie. It's way better than I remember. It's a really good movie. It's a really good movie. So, I don't, I don't generally have any hate towards reboots and remakes. I think they show up too soon often. Like, I think there should be, like, a 30-year minimum hiatus on a reboot. But, like, when they when they announced the re- that they were doing a reboot, I was really excited. And then they announced the cast. And other than not caring too much about Kate Beckinsale, like, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. And then the more details came out. It was like, oh, it won't take place on Mars. It won't be like... And immediately, once I found out it doesn't take place on Mars, I was like, this is going to suck. Yeah, I gotta be honest. And it did. I don't, I didn't see all of it. I saw part of it. Um, I do kind of want to yeah, watch it just to say so, but yeah, it, I feel well, like it's. I own. I. I bought it, so yeah. <laughs> if you want to borrow it, let me know. <laughs> um, I think it's also free. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, I think it's on Xfinity or something. It's interesting. Like, there's a the way they get from one side of the planet to the other is pretty cool. There's they like shoot themselves through the middle of the planet. But like, personally, I think that just the uh, you shouldn't reboot great movies. If you want to, I'm fine with you. Keep rebooting bad movies until you get them right. Like, I know they're doing a reboot of Logan's mm-hmm. Run. Like, the first one was not good. Reboot the shit out of that. Uh, you know. What was another one that we had talked about? But just feel free to just keep rebooting bad movies until you get one right. But yeah, don't reboot that's good movies. Good rule of thumb. Like I, I, I yeah, will. That's it. That's I'll never be okay with the Lord of the Rings reboot. I'll never be okay with like Star Wars the original trilogy reboot. I'll yeah, Harry Harry Potter reboot. I'll never I'll never be it. okay with uh, um. Oh, I just had one in my head. Um, but yeah, like great movies. What? Don't reboot them. Don't reboot them. Drop Dead Fred. Don't. Don't touch it. Don't remake them. If anything, just yeah. make a sequel to it. A, a not well thought out sequel. Twenty years down the road, that doesn't vibe well. But like, don't just don't don't remake it or reboot it uh, unless. Unless it's like a hundred yeah, years you. down the road and that they're little literally unwatchable. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I think that's a good rule of thumb. Do you think it'll be a hundred years? Because re- movies are still new enough that we don't have great examples of like, like for example, anything that was made before nineteen seventy five is probably pretty hard to get into and enjoy I, when it comes to like sci fi action type of stuff. I mean, I'd. It takes a different like attitude watching them, and that's but there's some that's right around fifty years. So maybe fifty years is a good. No, there's still some great movies that are just because people. 60s. But the people that watch the movies, we are the ones that are changing so much. Like our sensibilities and what we find entertaining is always evolving and changing. So like someone even showing a kid the original star wars trilogy now like there's gonna be a lot of parts of it where it moves too slow for them and they're not into it yeah and so yeah i don't know i mean i still you can't reboot star wars in the year 2027 because we never let it die if you only made the original trilogy and that's the only star wars films that were ever made 
and someone wanted to reboot it 50 years later, I think you'd probably have a decent amount of support for that idea. Yeah. But to us, Star Wars became this ongoing massive juggernaut that never left our lives, really. Yeah. I. But, yeah, stuff is getting rebooted way too fast. What's well, because Hollywood... And like you said, I do agree. I agree with don't reboot good movies. Like, we already have a good one. Yeah. And this is... Uh, Let's watch that one. We, this this could be like an entire podcast. But, yeah, I think a lot of it is just... Yeah, for sure. Hollywood Hollywood doesn't have any, any original ideas anymore. So they're rebooting everything. Yeah. Everything's being rebooted or ripped from, from books. And, you know... The ideas are there. They're just afraid of them. Movies... So they don't make them. Movies in the... Like... The volume of movies made in the 50s, 60s, and 70s was really high, but a lot of them were pretty original. Yeah. Like, 2001 A Space Odyssey came out in 1968. You probably could do a yeah. remake of it, but I don't think it would be as good. There's something... Like, you can't remake a Kubrick movie and still have it be anything remotely similar. Um, yeah, It's just going to be, like, a, a shinier version of it. Or it's just an entirely different movie. Yeah, I'd, I'd prefer they make original movies. But yeah, like I said, sure. keep, keep remaking bad movies until you get them right. Like I'm really excited for the new Dune. Like the old Dune is hard to watch. It is, and I'm very excited for a new Dune as well. So that's a good example of what seems like a smart reboot. Um, do you want to hear some fun facts? Sure. Um, so apparently Arnold Schwarzenegger was so impressed with Sharon Stone's dedication and training for her character that he referred to her as female Terminator. Hmm. And she was in, she was inducted into the stunt woman association as an honorary member. So she took it very seriously and worked very hard to be able to be awesome in this movie. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Towards the end of filming in Mexico, Paul Verhoeven got so sick from food poisoning that he would that he would have an ambulance nearby on set at all times. In between takes, the paramedics would administer fluids and medication so that he could keep directing in spite of his illness. That's insane. Wow. To get food poisoning that bad and then yeah, that's crazy. Um, let's see. Coca-Cola is the only advertised soft drink on Earth, and on Mars we only see ads for Pepsi. That's interesting. So there's the franchise wars. These are all connected universes, oh, wow. right? So Pepsi ended up on the moon. Coke got Earth. <laughs> here's a fun fact for you. Uh, here's a very sh- here's okay. a fun fact for you. Apparently, um. Director Paul Verhoeven, in his D- D- uh, DVD commentary of the movie, points out that he believes that it was all a dream. And he he points out uh, he points out some things that that's his interpretation of that's that not a fun fact. That's his interpretation of his movie. Doesn't <laughs> this is not a fun fact at all. Man, I could run. Yeah, I but think, you know, I mean, his, like everything from so everything from, uh, you know, his dream, his dream coming true, 
basically, you know, he has this dream and then as part of their as part of their process for creating the memory they pull from his dreams and so obviously this is a dream that he's been having and so they pull they pull from it to make it seem more real including the bulging eyes and the girl to um like when he's at recall and he's he's being put under they're talking about alien artifacts and they show on the monitor like a picture of the reactor that we see at the end of the movie. Like how would they have access to that? Do they just guess it or, um, that's what all alien reactors look like. They found multiple before. So they just like stock image or the, 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 the nerdy guy at recall, the assistant he makes right before he puts Mm -hmm. Arnold under, he makes a, he makes a, a throwaway line about, um, making sure he puts in a blue sky on Mars and the movie ends with a blue sky on Mars. Um, True. But that's because that's what happens when volcanoes, oxygen volcanoes explode. I think it was... Everybody knows that. I think it was all a dream. I don't think... I mean, like... I was probably like 17 the last time I really watched this movie and I didn't pick up on all this stuff. Um, Yeah. I'm thinking. Did you pick up on it this time or did you Google it? No, I picked up on it. <laughs> I picked up on um I picked up on the the picture of the the reactor. I definitely picked up on the guy's mention of the blue sky on Mars. Um Yeah. I think the reason it bothers me so much is You just don't want it to be a dream. Case, it's a movie yeah, I don't, because then it's a movie about a guy sleeping. No, it's about a movie having this wicked awesome dream that he thinks happens, and then you, as the viewer, have to decide what's real and what's not real. And I think that both interpretations are, aren't are necessarily more or less correct. I think it was purposely made that way, so you can have you have your own you can have your own takeaways from it. It's not a movie about a guy sleeping. It's yeah, about sure. this this awesome secret agent. But then you're led to believe yep. it is a movie about an awesome secret is it, agent. Is it real? Well, I mean, the reality is that it's a bunch of practical effects and a script and actors, but I could pretend that's not true either. And this is a documentary series. I would, I would if there's about, if, there's, if, <laughs> if I have, if I have one goal throughout all of this whole movie jungle lifespan, however long we're doing this for, it's to get you to become comfortable with more abstract movies where things might not be real and enjoy it. That's a good goal. Cause you want to set goals that you're not going to achieve right away. And so it's good to, it's good to have something to aim for over a long period of time. Um, I got one more fun fact for right. you and then we'll, we can uh, kind of wrap it up. Um, the Johnny cab yeah. whistles the Norwegian national anthem. <laughs> no way. I did not know that. Yeah, so when it's whistling, it's the Norwegian national anthem. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So, anyways, this movie is incredible. Like Mike already said, it's one of the best sci-fi movies ever made. Uh, whether you believe it's all a dream, whether you're like me and you just stubbornly think it's all real, um, either way, it's incredible and it's a dope movie. And uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to dip into jump in and dip into the bag and see if if there's any more of these like. Starship Troopers, Demolition Man, Total Recall, 
you know, these great 90s action movies that we can go back to. Yeah. Go back to. I'm sure there's some more. There's some great. There's some missing. great Van Damme movies. We could even get back into the 80s, and we could do uh, like Big Trouble in Little China. The that'd be a good. The, um, Is Jet Li's the one too new for this to fit in this bucket? I think that was like early 2000s, right? It's like two. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, or the but uh, yeah, Escape or, from L.A. or yeah. Escape from New York. Those would be good. That'd be a fun episode. Yeah. So this will be kind of an ongoing thing. We'll we'll jump. We'll take you guys back to '90s era, Max Action, the Max Action era, yeah. and um, from from time to time. And we should but, we should uh, do some more, uh, or we should also like do some talking about horror horror movies at the beginning of this. We should do some scary like horror sci fi movies like Alien, or um, my. A lot of that would be fun for me because most of the iconic ones I've never seen. My my personal favorite sci-fi horror movie, and probably my favorite horror movie of all time, is The Thing. Um, I'd be yeah. curious to get your take on it, Brian. I'm not sure you'd like that movie. It'll be weird. It'll it'd be interesting. Um, I'd, I'd watch it. It'd be it, interesting though. to get to get your take on it. Yeah, I'd I'd check it out. One thing that's I one thing I do know about The Thing is first of all I've seen like the middle 30 minutes of it 10 years ago. Not that that counts. Cause I remember almost nothing, but one thing that sucks about the thing is they did do a thing remake that turned out horrible. It wasn't a remake. It's surprise, like, surprise. It's, like, it's a kind of prequel, a sequel. Prequel. It's a kind of a prequel. prequel. Okay. Well they put it together and apparently they had all these incredible practical special effects and like put all kinds of time and money into practical special effects that looked awesome and did judge like did justice to the originals practical effects. And then they panicked and CGI over the top of everything. Yeah. So stupid. That's a shame. Um, it's a real shame, but yeah, I haven't seen either of the it movies. Those are great. Um, I haven't, I haven't seen, I haven't seen jaws. We should do jaws at some point. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, every, everyone has a handful of classics that they've, that they've missed. So, um, we should, we should yeah. do all the classics yeah, and see if fun. you want to, how many of them you want to remake, Brian. You know what we should do? <laughs> It'll be a lot. <laughs> we should, what we should do is like, we should watch cartoons. We should watch more anime, like watch more Miyazaki films and see if Brian wants to turn all of them into live action movies. Cause I bet you he does yeah, see how many of them Mike can actually sit through. Yeah, they're really good. But um, anyways, you know what we should do is we'll put up a poll uh, when it comes time to select like which horror movie or which classic or which this. And I'll put up a few polls. I'll make sure to tweet it out, Instagram it out so you guys are aware it's coming. And uh, the more votes we can get on it, the better. So maybe you guys can share those when they happen. But in the meantime, uh, thank you so much. I appreciate everyone that listened. You guys are awesome. Uh, it's the reason we keep doing this. I mean, and it's fun. I mean, I, I started this whole thing thinking like, if it's just fun for me to do, that's worth it. So, um, but it's nice to have people listening. I really appreciate everybody and, uh, make sure you follow us on all the socials, uh, at junk or at junk. I almost said jungle, bro. I almost plugged just myself at the movie jungle and, uh, send us an email. We would love to have a segment where we respond to user emails and questions. And so, uh, we're on the lookout for those emails from you guys at Movie Jungle Pod. 
or not at, but moviejunglepod at gmail.com. Yeah, we're just gonna start. We're gonna start making up. Um, we're gonna start making up email submissions until we actually start getting real ones. For <laughs> sure, that's a great idea. Oh, Luis from Tacoma says. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, that's our threat. We're threatening you guys with that. Um, and also, uh, if you want to watch it on YouTube, uh, that would be awesome as well because we'll have. Uh, this summer, I want to start putting regular YouTube content out. I keep teasing it, and I want to deliver that for you guys. So keep an eye on the Movie Jungle YouTube channel. Last week's episode, I totally forgot to put on YouTube. And oh, so no. it will go up uh, uh, tonight or tomorrow, and then this one will go up probably tomorrow. Double feature. So if you're listening to this on a Monday, um, yeah, those two will go up on a Tuesday. But uh yeah that does it for me mike is there anything else you want to add or any comments you got for the people oh, that's it i this is fun we're gonna keep this going glad to have you guys along for yep. the ride uh let us know if you have any suggestions for movies absolutely we'd love to hear from you guys all right until next time turn on the reactor <laughs>